Adam, uh, you have to be able to get to the next level because there's no further way down. It's true. I'm at the I'm at the I, I'm at the bottom right now. I'm at the bottom right. of the AV Clark Empire. It it can't right. get any smaller. So you're zero DB. Right. You're zero DB. You can only level up from there. <laughs> no clipping for you. This is the Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. What's up, my friends? Welcome to The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Thanks for listening. It's episode 50. 50 episodes. Can't believe I have made it this far. It feels like an accomplishment because I don't usually stick with things this long. I'm I'm a starter. I like starting things. I love the thrill of new stuff and learning new skills and launching new projects. But, you know, once I've kind of launched stuff, you know, sticking with it, is not my strong suit. That's that's where I start to lose interest and move on to something else. Uh, I don't know what that says about me. I've always wished that there was some sort of job I could do where I got to start things and didn't have to finish them. <laughs> but I don't think that exists, actually. And it's probably a good thing because uh, finishing things is a great is a great skill. It's a great skill to develop. It's a great issue of self-discipline to work on developing, and I'm working on it. So we've made it to episode 50 of this show, and I think it's just the perfect episode to release my conversation with Jordan Cooper, who is on the show today. I recorded this episode with Jordan. This is one, I think, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, this was the first episode I recorded for the new Gently Mad when I was going to reboot the show way back in... It's probably November when Jordan and I recorded this episode. I I don't remember if it was November or December, but it was somewhere right in there. And uh, Jordan's a good friend. He's a comedian and a tech nerd, as he he calls himself, Uh, web designer, developer, and the host of a handful of podcasts. And I've always enjoyed our conversations, and so I wanted him to be on the show, and He was one of the first ones I recorded before I really had an idea of what this show was going to become. And it was really funny because you know how it is with good friends. You kind of bust each other's balls a little bit. And and Jordan was doing that with me, kind of pointing out and making fun of the fact that I don't finish a lot of things I start. And the fact that, uh, you know, he wasn't sure if this episode, uh, if this podcast would ever actually even launch. (laughs) And uh, so this is my way. Of, 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 of giving a gentle fuck you to Jordan Cooper because it's episode 50 and I'm releasing this episode. In all seriousness, I love you, Jordan, if you're listening to this. And uh, I, I hope I have, uh, I hope I have I proved you wrong in some way by sticking with this for at least 50 episodes. 
I don't know how much longer I'm going to stick with it, but I stuck with it to this point and I'm planning to stick with it at least for the foreseeable future. Speaking of sticking with it, you know, I've got some ideas about this. If you listened to last week's episode with uh, Johnny Naster, I was I was talking to him uh, just about this whole concept of the sort of the endless podcast. You know, a lot of podcasts like radio shows start and there's just no end in sight. And sometimes I wonder if those of us who do this, if we're kind of setting ourselves up for burnout to basically launch something and there's just, there's just no end in sight. Like for example, um, I, I feel like I need a break. I feel like it's time for a little break. You know, it's not going to happen soon. I'm going to do at least another month of episodes before potentially taking a break. But I've thought about turning this show into a seasonal show because I love doing it. But after like 50 episodes, three a week, you know, I just need a break. So I feel like I could use a month off and then come back and be refreshed and energized to do another 50 episodes. But if I keep pushing it and keep going, I'm afraid that I would just burn out and end up quitting at some point. And I don't know yet what I'm going to do. I'd love to hear from you guys what you would think of that, like uh, turning the Gently Mad into seasonal, you know, so maybe at the end of April, it, it, it ends for a month and I have a break in there and then come back and do another season of 40, 50 episodes, something like that. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do yet, but I, I would love some feedback from you guys. If, if you have thoughts on that, thoughts on what you would like to hear, then hit me up at adam at avclark.com. Let me know what you think. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm, I'm in the middle of, of preparing to launch a new show, which I mentioned in the last episode, episode 49. If you didn't listen to that one, uh, I'm about to launch my new show about podcasting. That's going to kind of go along with my podcasting course called Irresistible Podcasting. And that's going to be a daily short burst show. Each episode will be about 10 to 12 minutes long. It'll be a Q&A format. I'm really excited about that. So part of me thinks, you know, um, I'm tempted to take a, a, a little hiatus from the show to get that one off the ground. And then come back for a season two. But I don't know yet what I'm going to do. Like I said, it's going to be at least to the end of April before I would take any kind of break from the show. I would love to hear from you, though, if you have have any thoughts on that. Uh, but I don't know yet. I, I just don't know. I, I do love doing this show. I love getting the emails from you guys and the encouragement. And, you know, I, I do get plenty of emails and, and a lot of you have, have really liked this show and it's meant something to you. And that means something to me that makes me want to keep doing it when I get those kinds of emails. So definitely let me know what you think about these ideas. I, I don't know the future of this show. Maybe it's one of those things that, you know, once I hit, you know, once I've done another 20 or 30 episodes, it's run its course and I've said what I wanted to say and that's it. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe it would just end. You know, maybe it wouldn't be a break and then a season two. I don't know. I'm trying to figure this stuff out as I navigate these waters of what I'm spending my time on and what I'm really enjoying. I, I Like I said, I don't plan to stop anytime soon, so don't, don't worry about that. It's definitely going to go on for a while. But I'm contemplating whether to kind of take a break or whether to pause for a little while. I'm not sure. But either way... 
Um, I do want to mention again my new show, Irresistible Podcasting. If you're into podcasting, if you signed up for my course, if you're part of that, then I would love for you to head over to avclark.com slash ask and leave a question. It's a Q&A format. I'm going to play an audio question from a listener and then answer that question. And I get tons of questions about podcasting, but they're all in email format. And I would love to get some of those in audio format. So if you're into that sort of thing, as I said, head over to avclark.com slash ask and leave me a question and let me know what you think. All right. Other than that, not much else going on. I'm trying to wrap up the last couple pieces of my course and start selling this thing. You know, I had a great conversation with my friend Justin Jackson today from his podcast, Build and Launch. And it's so funny how, you know, we work on these things that we, you know, people who, those of us who make things and, and uh, are compelled to make products or, or make things, um, we work on these things so hard and for so long, but then we get tired of them and, and just don't do anything with it. And I spent the last month in a kind of a little pity party like, what am I going to do? I need money. You know, should I start this business or that business? Maybe I should just go get a job. And the whole time I've got my podcasting course right in front of me that I spent months creating and I haven't even tried to sell yet other than the pre, the, the pre-sale that I did for the, for the launch. And it's just, I'm just realizing how idiotic that is. You know, all the work I did on that thing, I haven't even tried to sell it yet and I'm contemplating you know, what am I going to do for money when it's right in front of me? And I think that's pretty common in that we, we create these things and then they get old to us. They seem old to us. And so we're ready to move on the next thing before we've really ever given that thing a chance to kind of blossom. That was one of the main things that Jordan and I talked about in this conversation all those months ago. So it's also kind of ironic that that's what I'm dealing with at this exact moment as I release this conversation. So I've kind of gotten a bit fired up again about the course. Um, like I said, I've had my little pity party. I'm ready to get back to work. Uh, I've got just literally a couple days and very little left to do before I could actually release it to the public and start selling it. So that's my plan. That's what I'm working on. That's what I'm hoping to do. So uh, if you're interested in podcasting, then head over to irresistiblepodcasting.com, get on the list, and you will be notified about when that launches. I'm really, really hoping to launch that within the next couple of weeks and sort of coincide the launch with the launch of the new show. So that's what I'm working on. I hope you guys are having a great week. I do appreciate your support, your financial support, your support in just listening to the show and your support in emailing me. It does mean a lot, and it's helped me make it this far. So keep doing that, and if there's any way I can help you, don't hesitate to reach out. Again, I'm adam at avclark.com. Send me an email. I would love to talk, love to help if I can. So I'm going to get right to this conversation with Jordan. It was really fun. I love talking to Jordan anytime that I can. Be sure and check out the show notes for this page, which are at avclark.com slash 50, because I've linked up all of Jordan's various podcasts. He's, he seems like he's doing a ton of them these days. So be sure and check those out. They're very funny, very great shows. So we'll be right back with my conversation with Jordan after this brief word from our sponsor. 
Holy Mana sponsored today by Harvest. Harvest is a beautiful tool for time tracking, invoicing, and powerful reporting. I've been a Harvest customer myself for years now. And as I've said before, one of the greatest things I love about Harvest is the attention to detail when it comes to design. I, being a designer myself, I didn't want my invoices to look crappy. I didn't want to use a system for time tracking and report generating that didn't share the same aesthetic taste for design that I did. So I called up Danny Wen, one of the co-founders of Harvest, and all that design stuff is actually intentional. You know, when you take on a, a domain like uh, time tracking, you know, it's a thing that most people uh, find to be a hassle in the first place. Um, so we've spent a lot of uh, our time and energy over the last nine years to really make uh, the time tracking experience, make that as easy and convenient as possible. And so for us, that means really thinking about what the modern workflow looks like. Uh, is, the, is the customer um, not just on the web, but they're also on mobile, they're also in these other applications. Can we make the, the the experience connecting all all these different points um, as smooth and easy as possible so that at the end of the day you're actually going to get uh, accurate time tracking data. So whether you're a freelancer or part of a small team or even a large team and you need to track time, send invoices and generate reports and you care about doing it in an extremely user-friendly way then Harvest is the place for you. You can go to getharvest.com and sign up for free. You get uh, the first month free. And by using the promo code TGM at checkout, you can get 50% off your second month. So go to getharvest.com, check them out. And thanks to Harvest for sponsoring the Gently Mad. this is it this is my conversation with mr jordan cooper i hope you enjoy it i did let's get to it here is jordan cooper hey how you doing hey one two three Check, check, check. Are my levels good? Levels? They're good. Your levels, levels are good. I like the way you say that. It's got that New York uh, harshness to it. Levels? <laughs> now it just sounds gay. Levels? Man, I've already offended people. i got to stop doing that on the show. Is this the show? Levels? <laughs> levels? This is, this, is, uh, this is the show all about levels and podcasting and why it will... Make all your dreams come true. You know, if you want to live on a beach in Fiji and send out your little newsletters and make a million dollars, then this is the show that teaches you how to do that. This is the show that teaches you how to take levels to the next level. <laughs> that is perfect. Are you going to be able to take your levels to the next level now? Jordan? I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty hot as it is. <laughs> My levels are hot. I really, I'll, I'll be, if I take it any more levels i'll be clipping uh, that's true you don't want to clip that's uh that's something you can't uh, if 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 you're if you're gonna get rich and then live on the beach and level up your business in your life you don't want to clip 
So another That's piece right. of wisdom. This is just, man, we're two minutes in and it's already, we can end now. You know, the gold is, has been given as it were. Sure. So Jordan Cooper, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. I don't really know anything about you now that I think about it. So, um, <laughs> that's bad booking. That's, uh, that's no, I, I know a little bit about you, but, uh, you're a comedian, you're a web person, you're an online person, you're, you're a lot of things. So why don't you tell me who you are, or at least who you are today? Well, I, I'm not even sure what the hell I am. Essentially most of my income, uh, 95% of it comes from, uh, helping small businesses, brick and mortars here locally in Louisville, uh, have a, have a better web presence that includes web design, SEO, marketing, email marketing, social media, anything of that sort, kind of to take them to the the next level. Yeah, exactly of, of their of their business. Well, and uh, tell me if um, uh, maybe I'm just told. I mean, obviously, the web design world is a big world, and it's not like I know everyone in that world. But in our conversations in the past, for some reason, I've never thought of you as you know the web design guy, the guy who goes to the web conferences and, you know, reads the web books and, and goes to a list of part events and all that kind of stuff. Is, is that true or, or, did I, or, or just, I, I didn't know that you did those things. No, I don't go to conferences anymore. Yeah. I mean, I used to speak at marketing related conferences, like new media yeah. type of stuff. Well, but, that's what uh, I'm trying to say is that you're, you're kind of a web designer, but I don't really see you fitting into like the web world, you know, of the, of the, the conferencing and the, the speaking and all that. And is that intentional or is that just, uh, the way it turned out? You just didn't care about all that stuff. I guess it's intentional. I mean, I really don't care. Like, uh, essentially the, the conference circuit or whatever, that's not my business. I mean, like, uh, I'm not looking to get clients like Pepsi right. or, or, <laughs> or Red Bull or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, my my focus uh, has always been entrepreneurial in nature. So, I mean, I I help small businesses that have GeoCities level websites that uh, have very little local presence online. Like they they don't have the basics right. Right. And uh, I've always focused on those type of businesses for for my main source of income. But online. Like when I do stuff online, like I, I always tell my clients that I, I eat my own dog food. So it's like I put out media. I do what's now called, quote, content marketing. And right. it's for myself and my comedy pursuits. Yeah. Like I used to do comedy full time on the road. You know, this traditional stand up comedy, the, the funny bone comedy zone, chuckle hut uh, <laughs> type of variety. You're in Chattanooga. I've been to the comedy catch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Several times as, as a feature. And uh and that doesn't really translate online yeah. well. So, I mean, like, it's two different worlds, and both those kind of worlds are colliding. I mean, a lot of com com comics have podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff of that nature. So I thought, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm a tech douchebag. So uh, let, let me just, you know, I make jokes about technology on Twitter and do a yeah. podcast like that and talk about business-related stuff, customer service stuff that, that I can't stand. And that's yeah. that's kind of my I don't want to say my alternate persona, but it's like online I'm not I'm not getting clients from my dick jokes. Right. Uh, I, occasionally I guess so, but I mean, <laughs> I guess it depends I mean, on the client. Right. But most of my clients don't know anything about what I do online, yeah. nor do they care. Uh, some of them check it out, I guess, but uh, you know it's kind of two separate type of things. I'm not. I'm not. I could fully admit I'm not 
the most well-versed on the up-to-date technologies and CSS3 and Ajax, jQuery. Let's just add some more programming <laughs> buzzwords. I don't know anything about Rails because for the businesses that I service, it, uh, they don't care about that. I mean, we're, we're looking to put up a, yeah. a simple WordPress site that's designed well, that has a business purpose to it and do very low-level SEO, very just traditional email marketing. Most of these businesses have none of that. Yeah. And uh, that, that's, that, that's not glamorous. And I'm not in these. These are the type of businesses that you need to go out and meet, meet yeah. face to face. You know, those type of local events and yep. things of that nature. So I am involved when it comes to that. But whether or not I'm looked at as, a, as an award winning designer could mean it means nothing to me. Yeah, well, and I want to get into all the comedy stuff, but like I asked you that for a reason. The point was, is that it's, I, I think, I think a lot of people in the web world, which is the world that I'm still a part of as well, get swept up in um, the the celebrities in our industry and the conferences and the books and all that kind of thing. And the point is, is that you can make a perfectly good living as a web designer um, without any of that. You know, you don't have to uh, do say, all that say, stuff, you know, to to be a, quote, success in this industry. I'd say most do. I'd say most people. I mean, I mean, I have competitors here in Louisville. I have uh, people that I do work with, marketing firms, PR firms, ad agencies. You know, when we get outsourced that type of uh, those type of projects, I mean, it, it, your local community. I mean, Louisville is what, the, the 18th biggest city? In the, in the country, I mean, if you're in any decently sized metropolitan area, yeah. I mean, there's a whole local ecosystem of all of that that is outside of any of that type of, uh, you know, conference worldwide, whatever, book deals, that type of stuff. Yeah. That as long as you're servicing your client well and you, you know how to sell yourself locally, there's, there's no reason you can't do. I mean, it's the same thing that I, I think of when it, when it comes to comedy. That I, you know, I've been doing comedy for 17, 18 years. I mean, yeah. not full time the whole time, but uh, people will say, well, I've never heard of you. It's like, yeah, because I've, I've never done television. Yeah. I've never done anything that would be credited to me. But, you know, if you went to your local Chuckle Hut, Ha Ha's Comedy Club, you know, it's 52 weeks a year. And, you know, 90% of the time you're seeing, you know, journeyman, road veteran comics that that's how they make their money. It's yep. they're they're not famous and uh they get to pay their rent just doing what they love to do and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, you keep jumping ahead to the comedy, man. You're rushing me, all right? You know? Just sorry. stick with the I'm trying to take it to the next level. <laughs> stick with the stick with the, the outline, the, the table of contents I sent you. Did you not get that? The web stuff is boring. <laughs> the web stuff is uh, I I do local websites. What's I know. the big deal? I'm kidding. So, but that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, are your clients primarily local? Yes, I would say 95 plus percent. I mean, the the ones that aren't local are ones that uh, just, you know, throw a referral somewhere. I mean, sure. I, I, I prefer, uh, I put the, the services and client services or whatever. What I, attribute a quote like that to me or whatever. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I'm, I'm focused, since I've been involved in doing web design and web marketing for so long, since the dot-com era, since pre-CSS, yeah. since setting up tables to do websites, right. uh, the, the number one thing that I would see in, uh, in, in, in the industry as a whole, and I know that uh, Mike Montero, 
I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, his writing uh, when it comes to client services is that especially on the local level, when you're not dealing with, you know, briefs and RFPs and yeah. multiple corporate meetings and you have, you know, 18 people on a conference call. Most of the time, uh, the number one complaint that local businesses or smaller businesses have is, you know, I don't like the term web guy. I yeah. hate being referred to as a web guy because the web guy is a not not a good thing. The web guy is uh, he'll get uh, he doesn't answer his email for four days. Right. I uh, barely get a hold of him. Type of stuff. I, you know, I need to change a photo and he charges me ninety five dollars. I don't want to be that, I don't want to be that web guy. I want to be involved, a partner in your business. Yeah. So I take a lot of time in physically meeting with clients and if not on, on the phone in person. I mean, I had a meeting today, took me a half an hour to get to to have a half an hour meeting that we could have done over the phone or even email. But clients value that. Yeah, they, they, they value the people. They're, they're, they're buying you. They're buying your brain. And the least that you can do to especially, you know, in my, in my model, I have a, you know, a monthly retainer with most of these clients. So, you know, it helps me in the, you know, from, from a business model standpoint of keeping them happy, but always being around for them. If they need something done uh, or, or they, they have a new idea, they want to try something out, then I'm always accessible for their questions there, you know, comments, things happen that, you know, you know, I'll, I'll get five to 10 emails a day from clients with, what do you think of this? Or can you move that thing over there? You know, a lot of times it's me just, you know, no, we shouldn't be doing this because X, Y, and Z you are based on the data, you know, just like any other web designer, we, you know, we're not pixel pushers, but I'm going to say, Hey, you, you hired me for my expertise and I'm telling you that it would be better to do it this way. Right. And as long as you set yourself up as that, they, as an equal, as a partner in their business, typically, you know, you kind of get to run the show a bit more and then yeah. show them the results. And, you know, 90% of the time, uh, your results, you know, prove that you were right. But not being at, not being accessible, you know, you end up sending an invoice and they go, uh, you know, what, what have they been doing lately? Right. What, what exactly is going on? Yeah. But just by being there, because I have several clients that – Sometimes, you know, they go into hibernation mode or it's a slow season or something like that. Sure. And uh, there's not much stuff I do for them. I kind of, you know, in maintenance mode, do the normal stuff uh, week in and week out. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's summer and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And there's a ton of work. Yeah. Uh, but I'm always there. You're, you're paying for, for that retainer for, for me being there. And I think a lot. Of well, so I want to. OK, I kind of interrupted you there, but but I, I do want to ask you about your comedy because you are a very funny person. But also, I've never met a hybrid comedian web designer. I, I, there's tons of hybrid musician web designers. I feel like that's common. There's a lot of actor um, uh, restaurant server combination but i don't know that there's a lot of uh, uh comedian slash web designer combination people out there and so how did you just how did that happen how, how did you get involved in these two worlds well i mean i'm a, I'm a tech geek so i mean it's, yeah. it's just natural for me i mean if i wasn't doing comedy ever i mean i'd be doing tech stuff anyway so i mean i'm I was a nerd before I was a comic. I mean, I was a nerd when I was eight years old with the, the programming basic on my Commodore 64. Yeah. So it's, it's not like there's no intention behind it. It just so happens that, you know, I, I enjoy making people laugh or entertaining. I you know did acting and improv before I did 
stand up and you know I'm a I'm a tech geek and I made you know my first website was for uh for my uh IRC Star Trek simulation league. <laughs> nice. My first website was a Star Wars fan page. See? Uh this was uh, my- this was 1997. It had a blinking Starfield background and uh MP3 of the emperor's voice that played on every page load uh saying i've been expecting you um so I'm, i expect you to be very impressed with that was it on geocities <laughs> no it was my own deal so oh you got a domain name I, I didn't even get a domain name that was, was like like on sunset strip or whatever <laughs> that neighborhood on geocities yeah yeah well so the the, the web stuff came before the comedy stuff or, or it was all mixed in Oh, kind of all mixed in, kind of before. I mean, I mean, I learned web design maybe when I was 16, 17 years old. I was already doing improv comedy then. But I mean, they did, it was one thing was separate from the other. Like back then, you know, the dot-com era, I worked for financial institutions. I mean, that, that, was my, yeah. that was my primary job. I was pursuing stand-up comedy, going out every night, doing open mics, doing spots around New York City, uh, you know, did, you know did, did auditioning for stuff, things of that nature. But I mean... You can't make money doing that until you kind of hit it big or yeah. at least are able to have enough material to go out on the road. So, I mean, at, back in those days, as long as you knew HTML and JavaScript and some Photoshop, you could get a $50,000 a year job. Yeah. Well, but so those late teenage years when you're thinking about, you know, what you want to do with your life and everything, was it, I'm doing web stuff to make some money, but but the dream was I want to be a comedian, a stand-up comic. That's correct. Cool. That's correct. So what and it still is, it's, it still is. Has it happened or has it not happened? Or like, why are you still doing web stuff then at this point? Because it makes money. It pays the bills. <laughs> I'm good at it. I mean, everything that I've done throughout my career in any, in, in anything. I mean, I, I've done multiple stuff. I ran a poker club for yeah. four years. I read, was a concert promoter for five years. Like I, I have, I make my life a series of side hustles yeah. that turn into full-time things. Yeah. But the, 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 the overall through line is that, you know, I always supplement that with client work because that's, that's what I'm good well, at. Well, you know, you just said that there are, you know, uh, we think of, of, um, you know, the, the Mark Marins and the, I don't know, I, I this, I'm showing my lack of comedian knowledge here, but um, Jim Gaffigan, the, we think of the famous people, but as you said, the majority of comedians are people you've never heard of who, like musicians, who just are at clubs every night, you know, on the road, making their money, and then that's what they do, and it sounds like you were doing that somewhat, so, I mean, why not do that? Like, why have you not taken that path instead of you know, resorting to the web work for the money. Well, I did it for two or three years. That's why I moved from New York to Louisville because Louisville is very centrally located uh, in the in the Midwest to a lot of clubs. Yeah, and uh, and also it's much cheaper to live here. Yeah, and uh, that's what I did. I I came here with the express intent on pursuing comedy, the road full time. Uh, turns out I succeeded in doing so. But you're still poor, <laughs> essentially. You're yeah. still a starving artist. There's still there's still not enough money in that to go from one nighter to full time clubs to you know to get booked. Because I mean, half of the work that you're doing is just maintaining your bookings and not yeah. even writing new material. 
And at the end of the day, I mean, the, the self-realization, especially in the, once, you know, social media started pushing forward with Facebook and Twitter and and everything of that nature is that uh, success in, in these days uh, is not about getting permission, although it helps. Sure, it helps getting on, you know, a big TV show or something like that, that I was going out to clubs. Like, I mean, I always use like Greensboro, North Carolina yeah. as an example. And I'd go out, do six shows, get paid 500 bucks, do very well. And, uh, you know, you, you pay for your own gas and stuff and food. Uh, hotel is paid for. Yeah. And you get home and you have uh, out of the 500, you have 270 in your pocket. Right. And that's how much you made for the week. And uh, no one knows who you are. They still don't know who you are, even though you performed. You say, you know, they introduced you and Jordan Cooper. Well, you go out and do a half an hour. And uh, maybe, you know, if you have a CD, you could sell some stuff or T-shirts. But at the end of the day, you're doing that just so you can get rebooked for $500 next year. Yeah, but you've never struck me as someone who gives a shit about being famous. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Well, that, maybe, well, that's the, maybe that, well, is, I mean, maybe that is deep down there somewhere. But, I mean, you know, um, what it came down to for you was that just being a road comic um, – as much as you enjoyed it, just wasn't cutting it financially. And so you had to supplement. And so that that's that's why you're doing both things, essentially. Right. Because even when I was on the road, I mean, at the time I was I was involved in the video game website that I was making money off of on the side and also doing a little bit of client work here and there. But I mean, I had a laptop with me. So during the day, you know, if it's a Thursday through Sunday gig, you know, with one show Thursday, two on Friday and Saturday and one on Sunday, you know, you're in a town you don't know anything about and uh, you're, you're stuck in the you know, the Motel 6 or the Best Western. <laughs> uh, you connect to the Wi-Fi and during the day because yeah. your show isn't until eight, uh, you know, you do some web work. You do I some, mean, you I'm, know, whatever. I'm laughing because, I, I mean, I'm familiar, you know, because I was in a band for several years. It was the same thing, you know, being on the road and, you know, you, you, your show is not till that evening. So, yeah, hop on the web, do some work do that kind of thing but um but uh, so but, but the but uh, but adam the thing that uh, that i was failing to notice and failing to realize is that i was segmenting stand-up comedy as the old game i'm gonna go out on the road i'm gonna do well i'm eventually gonna get bumped up to headliner make more money get noticed there comp be on comedy central like the standard kind of path yeah. of stand-up comedy that it's been for 30 plus 40 plus years and not real. I'm not putting the efforts that I would do in all of my entrepreneurial endeavors, such as the poker club or a concert promotion or anything where you're creating something from scratch and it's like, okay, you have to build your email list. You have to have a website. Yeah. You have to put out content. You have to have audio video, you know, to try to get people in that know, like, and trust you. I wasn't doing that for my comedy. So I'd Why perform. Not? But because I was an idiot, that's the whole point. That's why I stopped. Because I, mean, I was an idiot. Did you because, not? No. Did you not do that because you weren't aware of those tactics at that time, or you just didn't have the passion or energy to do it, or what stopped you from doing that? I say a little bit of both. I mean, still at the time, it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. This was just before the comedy podcast kind of blew up a little. Right. Uh, I mean, I was I was doing a podcast for the video game site. You know, we were making money doing that, and. I just thought like, okay, 
of my natural progression from being a New York City comic, which is you do, you do short sets in the city and you do it primarily for showcasing for like acting work and things like that, that, OK, finally, I'm on the road. I'm getting paid feature money, which is, you know, uh, averages somewhere around 500 bucks a week. And be yeah. like, okay, this is what I do. This is this is what a feature comic does on the road. Any feature comic does this. And headliners get paid a little bit more money. They may probably have a little bit more merchandise. But I, I'm going through going in well in in concert promotion. When I was doing concert promoting, like the whole point is to get a get a kid there that's the first time at their venue and then get them back again and again and again. So it's like I got to get their email address. Right. I got to you know here's a flyer for another show. I mean, this is back in 2000 where there was pretty much no social media. And I'm like, oh, because that's the way you did it in concert promotions. Yeah. That like it was already like flyering was normal. Like that's what it was. Flyering and stand up comedy wasn't normal. You wouldn't go to a venue and then then tell about your other gigs on your gig. That's what you're getting paid for. Yeah. You get paid to go on stage, perform in front of 250 people, and then they pay you more the next time you're there. You know, that type of thing. But I, I'm, I'm going through the, you know, Greensboro, North Carolina, perform in front of 1,500 people. And then you could, you could say the same, probably your, your thought process, Adam, when you were in a band, because I was in a band as well. Uh, it, I thought I always felt worse when uh, if you performed in a city, let's say you got booked in wherever, let's say it's uh, Dallas, yeah. whatever. And you had one show on your tour in Dallas and you went there and you were, you know, the supporting act for a bigger local band or something like that. And 400 people showed up. You killed it. You sold 20 CDs. Yeah. Uh, you sold so whatever. Let's say you sold no merchandise. You'd be like, well, you performed in front of 400 people that will become your possibly become your fans in Dallas, Texas. The yeah. worst feeling is and let, let's say the promoter fucked you out of the money. Let's say you're like you're supposed to get 200 bucks <laughs> and and they just screwed you over. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that was a it wasn't a bad gig, though, because 400 people got to see you and sold 21 CDs or something. Yeah. What I felt worse was like, let's say your next tour stops in Kansas City. You go to Kansas City and the promoters there and six kids show up. <laughs> you have six kids there. But the promoter's like, well, here's your 200 dollars. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're oh, I get it. Yeah, but but you're performing in front of six people. You almost feel like when you get home, it's like you might as well not have gone to Kansas City. No one still doesn't know who you are in Kansas yeah. City. So it's the same way in comedy that you go and you get paid. You get paid your five hundred bucks. You perform in front of three hundred people or that fifteen hundred people of the course of a weekend. But it's like, well, they're not my fan. Like no one still knows who I am. When yeah. I come back to town, I could do the same exact half an hour set and no one would know the difference because they don't remember me in the first place. Yeah. Well, so, OK, so here's a question. Now you do know these things. You said, you know, the, the reason that you didn't do that was a mixture of not knowing and, you know, maybe just not having the passion or energy to do it. But, uh, you know, if you could rewind, you know, if you could do it over again. Um, would you do that and, and just pour all of that into stand-up comedy or are you happy kind of just, you know, being involved in many different things, you know? So yeah, if you could do it, the question is, if you could do it over, would you, would you do that? Would you just pour it all into stand-up comedy? No, I would have, I would have at least gotten email addresses. I want to see what, what, ha- what would have happened. 
Like you don't know if it would have been a success. Yeah. If I would have gotten everyone's email address or started a podcast then. I mean, I'm not looking for fame. I'm just looking for if uh, 200 people see me at a show and 10 people really, really like me, I want to be able to connect with those 10 people and build from 10 to 20 to 100. Now, let's say say I did that for two years and I got an email list of 3,000 people and it still didn't matter. Okay, I'm fine with that, but I didn't even try. Right. So I got to a point where it's like I just wasted two years. I got paid. I was able to pay the rent barely and uh, and uh, doing client work with web stuff. So that helped. Uh, and it's like, well, like this was supposed to be back before uh, new media or guests of yeah. in the old school format that – no, you were supposed to be able to make a living on the road as a comic. You yeah. were supposed to. Like I like this would have been enough for me to pay the rent and then move up and uh, you know, do the same place, you know, three times and then by that time, the fourth time you come back, you're a headliner, you get paid three times as much. Yeah. And then you go from there. But I saw that no, this is gonna be a never ending cycle of me performing the same thirty minutes for the next five years in the same city and be like, Well, why didn't I get my email addresses before? Why didn't I do all that yeah. type of stuff? And I just said, said in order to recreate that process again uh, in this day and age, I mean, that, that now we're talking 2012. I'm like, I don't need to travel to do that anymore. Like, yeah. is, it, is it really necessary for me to go to Greensboro, North Carolina to perform in front of a thousand people over a weekend where you could create a YouTube video and talk to people on Twitter and Facebook yeah. and all that type of uh, crap? And get a thousand people to look at you that way. So, so that's you, how that was s- the pivot. Sorry, uh, that was the pivot. You were, what were you saying? Well, I'm just saying that that was the pivot point of in 2012 of like fuck the road. Yeah, and pr- pretty much screw stand up in general. Like <laughs> yeah. it's 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 an it's more of an efficiency thing. Like I could go out and perform in front of 20 people locally. But it's like, well, I could put up a YouTube video that gets more views. Yeah. Isn't, is, aren't I trying to achieve the same purpose of get people to know me, yeah. like me, and trust me? So if you could do that much more efficiently over the internet, and then once you have a big mass of people that know, like, and trust you, then you could go out and be like, I'm going to be in Kansas City. I'm going to sure. be in and wherever. And then people come out to see you, even if it's, you know, 50 or 60 people. I think well, that's the better model for stand-up at least than yeah. it used to be where it was the reverse. Well, so the reason I asked if you if you would do it differently and pour everything into it, if you could do it over, and it sounds like you, you probably would have, um, what, is, what is stopping you from doing that now? You know, like all those things you just said that could work as a strategy, like why not do that now? Or are you, or is that what you're trying to do? Well, essentially that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying that to go to go out and spend all that time trying to get booked at these comedy clubs. Of course, I have plenty of connections as it is. Uh, and then travel nine hours. Yeah. And then stay at a motel six and then perform a 30 minute general purpose set. Cause you're talking about, you know, regular mainstream comedy clubs, yeah. you know, uh, ma- making fun of, uh, uh, OS 10 y- Yosemite, uh, doesn't do anything <laughs> out yeah. there. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a normal set. If people go on YouTube and see my stand-up comedy, it has nothing to do with technology. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying is that you, you have a very funny YouTube channel. Like you're doing these things that you just said would be a good strategy. So is the end goal for you here to eventually have an audience of the size that would allow you to 
be a traveling stand-up comic again, or or is that not it anymore? Like, you don't care about that anymore. No, it would be a traveling stand-up comic, but more like I have my own audience. Right. Like, it's... it's it, but that's, that's what you what are... Most- that's what you're pursuing, though. Is what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at, right. is that, that for you success like what you would like to happen in your future is that through youtube and the social and all the stuff that you're doing eventually there's enough of an audience that you could start traveling again and and doing stand-up comedy that that would be correct my 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 goal is to build up a a large enough amount of people i mean the the first tours would probably be small coffee house type of shows yeah but i'd like to be able to you know be able to go up to chicago book a, a bar, coffee house, whatever, uh, on a Tuesday night and charge 10 bucks at the door and have 50 to 100 people come out and see me do my tech douchebag-related comedy or whatever, the yeah. live podcast or something like that. Uh, yeah, that, that would be my, my business model. It would be the same as being a stand-up comic. I'm just doing the reverse. I'm not doing stand-up to get fans. I'm doing fans to be able to get to do stand-up right because it's just not efficient it's it's just not efficient in 2014 to perform in front of 20 people here and 30 people there when you have the access to find the very exact people that will resonate with your comedy yeah exactly and just go directly to them and they could of course stand-up live is a much different experience you can't really be recreated online but but i get your point yeah right yeah. So for you, I mean, um, where are you in that process? I mean, you're obviously in the audience building process, but is it a number? Is it a is there a point where you in your head where you say, I've got to reach this before I can start going back on the road? Or is it just a, I'll know it when I feel it kind of thing? Well, I mean, there's the, I mean, there's no numbers as far as milestones. I mean, it's it's always little tests. I, I always what, 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 little, what I'm asking is, what are you what are you waiting for to happen before you say, OK, I've got enough of an audience that I can I can do that now. I can go do my tech douchebag comedy routine on the road. Uh, it's going to be way longer than now. I mean, it's not even <laughs> close. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. If there's not a number like what what's the what what is what is at what point will that happen for you? Do you do you know what that is? Is it a goal well, or well, there, there's no number as a goal. Like I said, I do tests. Yeah. The tests are little things because, you know, I come from a business background. Yeah. You know, it's all about the sales funnel and uh, things of the nature of, let's say, selling a T-shirt. Yeah. For for instance, like that's a much bigger ask than listen to my podcast. So that so that would be or, an example of a test. Like you would try to sell right. a T-shirt and if it and if you had a thousand people buy that T-shirt, then that gives you a signal that. Um, maybe you're at the point you could go do that then. Right. Or, okay. or something, or, I mean, it could even be that, uh, there's a certain, you're like, let's say for some odd reason in Chattanooga, there was a bunch of people, a bunch of people that I knew that I, I could see through my analytics or something like that, or through my email list. That's like, oh, there's a bunch of people in Asheville, Chattanooga, Knoxville area that tend to like me. And like, you know, maybe there's a yeah. hundred or 200. I'd be like, you know, send out a feeler and say, uh, you know, I, I call you, you're, you're, you're a musician. I'd say, is there like a local venue that, you know, you know, we could just take the door and maybe partner together or something like that. I'll come down. We'll do, you know, maybe a TDB episode or or some type of show, something, yeah. you know, you got to get another comic or something to come down with me, you know, charge five bucks and see how many people show up. 
You know, I wouldn't plan a fucking world tour uh, <laughs> off of, of a thousand T-shirt sales or something. But no, it's but just a matter I, of doing those little tests. I, I, I really, really love the that idea, though. And I, I haven't really thought about that or heard anyone talk about it that way before. And I love the idea of, of doing those little tests to, to see where your audience is at. So, you know, you mentioned like a T-shirt. Like what what are some examples maybe of 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 some tests for you know, for the purposes of audience building to know whether you've got enough of an audience to pursue that thing you want to pursue. You know, what what are some tests you could try? Well, I've tried tests. I mean, like my, my whole series of everything since 2012 has been a series of tests of uh, I'm, first I started writing. Yeah, like I, I was writing a blog post every day and seeing the traffic or whatever. It's like, OK, people people share it and they're interested in whatever. No one knows me from a hole in the wall, essentially, yeah. uh, other than comics. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a, you know, after, after a month of writing, like I'm tired of writing. I just want to rant and yell and be like Bill Burr on the Monday morning podcast. <laughs> yeah. You know, just a solo podcast. Instead of me writing this all out, I'm just wait till the end of the week and just rant and rave and yeah. not care. And not like the whole purpose of that is just to not care whatsoever. And let's just see. I see my traffic analytics to the posts. You see who resonates. I want to see how- yeah. Right. I want to see how many of them, how many, you know, because a podcast is a much more intimate environment than randomly clicking on a blog post and not barely knowing who you are. Right. So I'm like, okay. so I launched a podcast and you got, you know, 90 something downloads or something. I'm like, okay, well, I should look at my traffic as, you know, a thousand people read this, but only 90 went to the podcast. I'm like, okay, so that's uh, there's really only 90 people that really give enough of a crap that. Well, listen to this. And then, you yeah. know, that goes up and down from there. But then you do stuff like I, I had a mailing list like uh, a year and a half ago. I, uh, you know, would would do like uh, shorter. Now, now um, a couple of people do it. I mean, I know uh, Tim and uh, and Chris at Good Stuff do those little, you know, five minute type of podcasts. But the, I did that the through daily, a the daily kind of thing. Right. Right. So I did that. I did three times a week, like Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and I would just do it an audio file that I would upload via FTP and write a little description, but only do that via email. Yeah. So I wanted people to sign up to this email list for me to do it. So that's another test of, OK, I have 200 people that listen to this podcast. I have you know, a couple of hundred people that uh, read the blog, but now that I'm barely putting out any writing at that time. Yeah. And how many people will sign up for this mailing list? Well, it turns out over the course of a month, it was 42. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so okay, you're, there's 40. You're, you're, what you're doing, though, is you're kind of narrowing down, like, the people who are, you know, to use the, the terminology, whatever his name was, you know, your true fans, like, the people who, who are going to, who are going to be with you. And I, I, the email thing is great. I was going to mention the same thing. Like, you know, I don't have a huge email list, um, but when I send something out and ask a specific question, I get about a 1% response rate and and what that tells me is that those people that responded those are the ones that i should focus on i mean those are the ones who um who care you know what i mean and so i mean uh, uh, just another example of your you know test but it sounds like what you're getting at is you know you just keep narrowing it down until you find like that audience those people who who are gonna stick with you and 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 then you're trying to build that obviously Right. I mean, and the first time I sold a T-shirt, which I sold at cost off a of Teespring, did a campaign. I only required, you know, 15 uh, and uh, only three people bought. Yeah. Only three. Only three. I'm like, OK, <laughs> that 
that it didn't go. I didn't think of myself as a failure. Yeah. It's just like, okay, let me see. I mean, cause it could have been a hundred. I didn't know. Yeah. I just knew that like, let me set a really just low goal 15, sell it for 13 and change. And does anyone want this? Let's see, you know, it doesn't so cost three, me anything. So three people buy your t-shirt. Um, well, and like you said, technically what? it's teespring so they didn't even right get a but so you, as you said you didn't feel like a failure it's not the end of the world but but what did that test tell you like what did you what did you learn from that and say okay this tells me what that i need to be doing what i just have to continue like there, there's no there's no decision to be made other than just keep uh, showing I, up basically right right well that that's the whole point and you you don't want to pivot you want to try something without a reason to Go whole hog into something like it's a, it's a type of thing. Why don't I write anymore? Because I find that it's much more effective to podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't have found that out without first podcasting, but not after three episodes. Right. More like after 70 episodes. Yeah. And then, you know, I used to do two episodes a week. And it's like people like both of them, but most of them like uh, most of my feedback where I like the, the the ones where you just rant. It's just you. Yeah. Like the interview ones, they're they're pretty OK or whatever. But a lot of times I delete them. So it's like, well, <laughs> why am I putting time into that? I'm getting feedback that people like this one thing. So I could either stop doing the other thing or spin it off. And which is what I did with tech douchebags. Yeah, but, but I was going to say your main show is an interview show now, though. Well, I mean, that show, I don't consider anything to be a main anything show i mean it's the show it's the podcast that gets the most downloads it's just all it's still, all stuff they're all just tests so like nothing none of it is like your flagship whatever nonsense i i would i would actually think that the people uh that listen to my personal podcast the blender Red podcast yeah uh, which only gets uh, somewhere typically somewhere between 250 or 300 downloads a week uh though there there's a higher percentage of people there that listen to that that uh, I could count on as, quote, fans yeah. and that would listen to tech douchebags because the only reason you'd ever listen to my personal podcast is because if you like me. Right. It's very it's one of those shows. You're not going to stumble upon that. Yeah. Someone's going to tell you about it. You're going to find out. You're going you're gonna to listen to TDB and then go, oh, let me listen to this. I like that guy, that type of thing. Kind of that's what I consider. Like to me, that's it, it, if TDB had 30,000 listeners – uh, great. It's great for sponsorship. Sure. I'll make some money off of it, but I would still consider that my personal podcast to be my main show. Yeah. Not saying I put the most amount of time into it, but those are my, what you, you said before with Kevin Kelly, those are the true fans Yeah, that those, th that's, that's the bucket I'm looking to fill up yeah. rather than fill up the, the kind of, uh, weak tie connections. Sure. That, you know, someone, oh, I'll check out this podcast, listen to every other episode or whatever. No, I want the people that, that listen to me personally, email me, watch my YouTube videos. Because, you know, if you ask some random weak tie connection, hey, do you want to come see me on a Tuesday night in your town? They're going to they'd probably be like, I right. have something better to do. Yeah, someone so that listens to me personally is more likely to put that on their calendar as appointment viewing. Right. So it's that 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 is sort of. If there is a metric, that is the one. It's like once that reaches a certain point is when you will know, okay, now I, now I can do what I've been building up for all this time is, you know, your your stand-up comedy is, is when, you know, the, the, the personal stuff, the true fans reach a certain size, basically. Right. Yeah. Because in order to get someone to come out of their house, get, get out of their bed, 
and do something like that. That's gotta, a big ask. They got to really like you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. a big ask. That, tonight I'm going to see uh, uh, Hannibal Burris here at the low there. He's doing one yeah. night only here on a Tuesday. You know, he sold it out. Yeah. But I really like Hannibal Burris. It's 25 bucks a ticket. Yeah. And but if it was just some random comic, I would never go see. I mean, it's it's yeah, I, I felt like the person to get out of the bed on, on a on a random Tuesday to come see someone for twenty five dollars. And those are the type of people I'm looking to generate. And it's yeah. not quick. It yeah, t- it takes a long time because in, even in stand up, it takes a long time. Like no, you, it really even does, if yeah. you did it from the start, you know, 10 or 15 years of beating yourself up in order to even and if you're good enough. I mean, some people aren't good enough to even generate that much of a fan base. Yeah. You know, so I view that what I've been doing uh, from since June, July 2012, which is only two and a half years, I have to consider the same amount of time of two and a half years of stand up, which at two and a half years of stand up, if you're like, why aren't I making money doing this? I slap you in the face. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it sounds okay. So, and and, I, and we've had other conversations. So I know this about you, but you know, one of the big things for you is just is just to show up and don't stop. Don't stop after, as you said, twenty five episodes or thirty of whatever it is you're doing. Like, keep doing it until it works. But at the same time, you do have your fingers in a lot of different pots and things like that. So, um, I mean. Is that kind of the theme here? Is that the thing for you um, is to just, you know, don't quit. Just keep doing it until one day it peaks. Right. But of course, you, you always have to gauge whether or not what you do resonates right. with an audience. So that I mean, it's not I don't want to give the, the, the trite advice of just keep on trucking. Exactly. But, uh, but most people that that develop some type of audience, no matter how small it is, they quit before that audience could get bigger. Right. But I mean, if you're, if you're, if you, if you're doing, if you did 140 episodes of a podcast and you're out promoting and you're part of a community and stuff like that, and you're still only getting 40 downloads and no feedback. Yeah. It, uh, that's, it's hard to say at that point that it's not the product. Sure. You know, it's, it's that, that's yeah. kind of the problem. It's, it's not but, that you, it's not that you never quit. It's just that the problem is, I mean, you're not saying don't ever quit, but the problem is, is that most people don't, don't try hard enough and don't give it long enough. You know, they want faster success and right. it, when it doesn't happen in six months or they make their thing or whatever and it doesn't uh, blow up overnight, then they just move on to the next thing. And um, so it's not that you never quit something because sometimes you really do have a bad idea and you should quit it, but it's just, you know, don't quit too soon. And that's what most people do. They, they quit too soon when they've already resonated with some select part of the public Yeah, and not think of ways of, uh, allowing that audience to spread your message, I guess, yeah. in some way and engaging with them. Like even when I had the mailing list of 42 people, I did that for months and just, you know, it was, it was, didn't take that long. I recorded on my iPhone yep. I said, here's the rant of the, the, who gives a, you know, it was called who gives a fuck. And, uh, it was just basically WGAF and then the topic. And then out of the 42 people, I get, uh, you know, 14 to open it. And maybe yeah. six to listen. And I just kept, it's not that hard. I mean, I eventually stopped doing it because the effort 
wasn't worth the return. Right. But I still did it for a long enough time. And I got feedback from from the few people that really, really liked it that said, oh, it sucks that you stopped it. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm going to do more of that. On I, I transitioned those topics more to my personal podcast. Yeah. And the personal podcast, like, like that's my home base. Like there's no, I will continue doing that unless I'm making millions of dollars a year and really don't have the time. Like I'll do that until I die because yeah. it's – it's an ongoing experiment. I started as it doesn't matter to me. Like I'll miss a week. Screw it. Unsubscribe yeah. if you have a problem. You know, it's not <laughs> yeah. something that I need to stick to. I try to put it out once a week because it's me just ranting. But I went to interviews. I say, you know, I oh, why not do it this way? Why not? You know, some yeah. episodes are 30 minutes. Some are 60 minutes. Yeah. Right. It's just that that's the breeding ground. For everything else that I'm going to do, I see what resonates there, and then I, I create projects based on that. Yeah. And then if I always have just 300 people listening to that, then so be it. I could always have you know a project that balloons out of that that does really well and be known as the whatever guy for something else. Yeah. But uh, you know, here this is you're, you're coming into my little den, and this is for me to screw around. And uh, if I can make that 300 turn into you know 30,000. Then so be it. Great. But there's yeah. no reason for me that I, I don't need to think in terms of what is this show about? Yeah. The show is about nothing. It's about me. And yep. if, if, if 10 years from now I'm sick of technology and I'm really into, you know, Eastern Zen Buddhism, then I'm going to talk about that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just it's just me. That's it. Exactly. I want to, but, but, uh, but I see a lot of, but I, I do see a lot of people that go, uh, well, I want to do these seven things. So I need to have seven different entities for that. Yeah. Instead of like, why don't you just throw it all together in one and then see that, oh, turns out five of those seven, no one really cares about. Yeah. Well, see, that's okay. So, uh, like my shortened version of this is that, you know, I spent most of my life just paralyzed by this fear of failure and it's like this uh, Baskin Robbins syndrome where you know there's 31 flavors oh my gosh there's 31 flavors how can I possibly choose because I might choose the wrong one what I mean I might you might make the wrong choice and it's only been recently where it's like like you just said seven different things you know what it doesn't matter you pick vanilla you don't like it you go back the next day and you get the strawberry you don't like that then you go back and eventually if you keep trying things and not just thinking about them, eventually something will stick. You'll find something, you know, and at least that's what I'm getting out of what you're saying, because uh, that's what I have not done most of my life is I just think about it instead of actually just trying it, you know. Right. And then and then once you find something that does seem to work on a small scale, beat it to death. Yeah. Until there's no other till you get to the point where it would be so obvious that it's your product. That's the problem. Yeah. Then then quit. But most I mean, it, you're not even no one comes close to that. Point. Yeah. And I think it's because, again, we, we look at uh, we look at the quote successful people, the big time people, the celebrities or whatever, and think that's the measure of success. And like I realized, like a year ago, when I started this little newsletter, I had twelve people on that newsletter, and it was almost like this epiphany where I realized I've got twelve freaking people who signed up to hear from me every week. Twelve people. 
That's, I mean, so what? Maybe people would laugh at that and say, I've got 15,000 people. Who cares? There's 12 people here um, that care what I have to say. And it would be stupid to say, well, I'm not going to continue this newsletter because it's not big enough. Um, But to invest in those 12 people and, and who knows where it would go, you know, now it's like 10 times bigger than that, you know, and if I had quit that at that time, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess I'm just kind of confirming. <laughs> I'm confirming what you're saying, Jordan. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want to ask you one more thing because you started to talk about it and then I think you uh, went off, but you said something I thought was really interesting. You said success is not about getting permission. And I just, you know, lastly here before we wrap up, can you uh, just explain what you mean by that? Because I think that's very interesting. Well, in the comedy space, I mean, the, the, there were so many gatekeepers, like you couldn't just be on the tonight show. Like you could, like yeah. you, those type of, and it, it, it wasn't the tonight show. That was the validation point. It was the fact that you were in front of 10 million people. Yeah. You know, that that's your breakout moment as a comic. And those types of things don't really exist anymore. Yeah. So, even if you do get on Letterman, it doesn't really do as much for your career as you think it would in the way that media is so fragmented. Yeah. So while Letterman or Tonight Show for comics is looked at as the holy grail of like, finally, I'm validated because I'm, I'm on these shows doing four and a half minute set. Uh, I know tons of comics I'm friends with that have had multiple Letterman sets, multiple been on Conan and everything. The career that their money may go up a little because they have a credit or something, yeah. and get a little bit more for club dates, but they're not they're not more well known. They're not getting better projects because it's not the type of thing back in 1978 or 1981 right. where there was no outlets for stand up at all. So yeah. it's kind of like you were in the clubs, and then once you got permission from Johnny or you know the booking team there, yeah. and say. You're going to make your national television debut in a time where there's only three channels on the air and everyone watched The Tonight Show. It's like that was your coming out party. And all of a sudden, like one performance on The Tonight Show could land you a sitcom deal three days later because you needed that. That was the only way to get that type of exposure. And we live in a day and age. It doesn't where, work like that. Yeah. Right. That, that I mean, everything even, is so fragmented that, even, that you. Yeah, I mean, even Mark Maron um, on his show, WTF, which is one of my favorite shows, I mean, he, he talks about how many times he was on Conan, and it didn't even matter. You know, he still, in 2009, was just, you know, had nothing of a career, despite all the TV appearances. You know, it didn't even matter. And so, I mean, what you're saying is, is that you don't, you, you know, you, you don't have to... Um, you're not going to become success. No one else is going to make you successful. In other words, you don't have to ask permission. Um, like we have, it's almost like there's been an, and the internet has been like an equalization almost in the sense that we all have the same tools available to us to make what we want out of life, basically. Yeah. But I, I also want to do away with the misnomer that, uh, getting permission isn't good. I mean, it will help you like, yeah, you could put like I, one of the quotes that, that I that I that I always say is uh, and it's how I began doing comedy by just showing up at comedy clubs and just hanging out yeah. is putting yourself in the position to get opportunities. Or I, I think uh, I don't I don't know that in a recent kind of I think at uh, XOXO kind of like buy, uh, talk that there was someone that said the quote of like uh, buying yourself more lottery tickets. Yeah. Like 
the more that you put out, like it, you're going to get so much more of a bump. Yeah. Truthfully from a, a big person, a famous person, an influencer, someone like that, noticing you and pushing you. Yeah. You know, your, your, your debt, your, your podcast is down, you know, even like Nate Bargatze, who's a comic from Tennessee that yep. now in New York, uh, you know, he'd been on Conan, nothing happened. But when he was on Mark Maron's show yeah. and Maron pushed him, all of a sudden shit started opening up. Doors yeah. started opening because he had one, he got one influencer to say, you should really check out this person. That happens all the time on social media, on Reddit, on YouTube, yeah. on things like that. Uh, 95% of the successes are because of that. So when people go, well, it's not democratized, it's who you know. Yeah, it's still like that, but- uh, but the, the have, point uh, is, is that the reason that that happened for him is because he kept showing up every day. And as right. you said, putting himself in a place to be noticed eventually. Right. If, you, if, if you stay home every night and still, instead of going out to the club, even if like I, I would tell beginning comics, like even if you don't have a spot, like what are you, are you going to just sit home and watch Netflix? Show up at the club. You never <laughs> know. I would, I, yeah. when I was 17. I would show up early at the comic strip because uh, you know, especially in showcase spots where you, you, it's 15 bucks and sometimes comics would be late. It's like, well, I'm there. If someone shows up late, I'm getting stage time on a 9 p.m. show in New York City, which yeah. is much better than open mics. And I'm passed at the club. So just show up every night and then you meet people. Then, you know, I've gotten gigs just by being there, sitting at a bar, talking yeah. to another comic. They get a phone call for a gig three months from now, and they look at you and you go, are you available on those days? And I go, yeah. And then they yep. talk to the person on the other on the phone. It's like, I'm going to bring a feature. I'm going to bring an opener. It's yep. Jordan Cooper. But you wouldn't get those opportunities if you're sitting at home doing nothing, just scratching your ass. Well, so, so, uh, same, so, so why, don't, why don't you come to Chattanooga then and do a show for me instead of sit at home and scratch your ass? Well, that there's no place to get uh, opportunities. You already <laughs> know who I am. <laughs> I'll you come need to your be show. Able to get, you, you need to be able to get five, 50 to 100 more people. All right. I'll get them. Okay. If you I'll, get them, I'll come. All right. Well, we'll do it. But that so, is the model. Paul F. Paul F. Tompkins does that. Yeah. Like if you know. Uh, I do. He, yeah. He has, he has a form that basically says, you, if you can get 300 people to put their names into this form, I'll come to your city. Yeah. And that's exactly what he does. It's just like, I'm, I'm not going to go out on tour and just perform randomly. Just like if you want you me know, to come to your town. You put together a campaign and I'll be there. You were talking about the whole email thing. Um, there's a musician who uh, uh, is, well, I don't want to say he's been on the show because I don't know what episode yet uh, <laughs> order these will be released in. But um, he talked about how uh, the same thing you talked about, you're traveling and, and no one shows up. And, and what he decided to do was uh, make an album and give it away for free in exchange for an email address. And so right. what 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 that accomplished for him is suddenly he had all these metrics and he could look and see that there were 500 people in this city that downloaded the album. There were only one person in this city who downloaded the album. So then he planned his next tour and just went to the places where he had the most fans and it was, they were all sold out. And then people started to notice him. So, I mean, it's, it's this, you know, all this stuff we're talking about, this, this strategy of, of testing things. I, I mean, I just think it's, it's important. Yeah, but you can't stop. That's the problem it, it, with any type of analytics. I mean, I say this to my, my business clients that uh, you can't look at two days worth of website traffic yeah. and determine anything from it. 
You have yeah. to look at a monthly. I mean, if you're going to, we're going to set up a campaign. They're going to run a billboard with a URL on it. Like we're not going to check it daily because there's yeah. going to be all these aberrations, standard deviations of everything. So, you know, if you do three episodes of a podcast or you write a blog post one day for the, for the next seven days and then look at that and go, okay, what, what can I learn from this? Like, yeah. no, you do it for a year, do it for a long enough time where, yeah. where there's some semblance, like he can't just release the album for free and then 12 people sign up for his mailing list and he sees that two people are from uh, Minneapolis and go, I'm touring there. It's like, yeah. no, it has to be enough where you could make some type of determination. And yeah. like I said, most people don't. They go, they go seven episodes and they go, well, it's not going up. It's like, well, how about 70 yeah. Well, I'm not the problem. The primary thing, and I think what what Adam you get uh, fall into is that you feel because I, I mean I felt the same way. You feel that uh, by putting seventy uh, weeks, let's say if it was a podcast, seventy weeks of effort into doing that thing, you could find out that that was the wrong thing, right. and that you've now wasted quote unquote a year and a half. Where you right. could have figured out the right thing. That is the fear, yeah. Right, but the problem is, is that no, there's no certainty of anything being the right thing. But you know for sure that if you do ten different things for only three weeks, none of them will be successful. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, that's uh, it's uh, it's that's great advice. I mean, it, it absolutely is is true. You know, not sticking with things long enough. To, to, to see where it could go. I mean, the first iteration of this show was a show focused on the web industry, and, and I, I did it for seven months um, and had, I think, you know, a lot of success. I mean, thousands of listeners, you know, lots going on, but to me it felt like it just wasn't enough. You know, I wasn't getting the twenty or 30,000 downloads that other people were getting, so I quit. You know, and yeah, and my, um, and, my, my and my point is, is that let's say you didn't quit. It's possible we'd be talking right now, and they'd be thirty thousand listeners. <laughs> I know, I know that exactly. And so, I mean, the encouragement here is, you know, as you've told me before, and as we've discussed, is to just show up and keep showing up, um, at least until the point that. As you've realized with some projects, you know, it's not going anywhere, but you don't learn that in a couple of weeks or a month or two months. You learn that after a year or, as you said, 70 episodes or something like that. I mean, some 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 amount of time that it's it's, it's not a number of time. It's just where it's so obvious that people aren't listening exactly. because the thing yeah. sucks. It's exactly. not because you didn't get found or you have a discovery problem, but, you know. Right. You could also the, – the opposite viewpoint of you start something and three weeks, you know, you get – you get, boom, a big bang. You know, like someone – you get a good guest and you get a big spike in traffic, whether it be podcast or YouTube or anything. And uh, you go, okay, this is this is the it. thing. <laughs> yeah. And then you, spend, then you spend two more years doing that and you never get any further past that because you were judging everything based on that three-week aberration where – it wasn't you that really caused it. It was because some guy shared it on. I mean, I've had that before. I've had certain podcast episodes of my personal podcast that go up, you know, 2000 downloads. Yeah. Like in a week because someone managed to link to it on some viral Reddit post. Like it wasn't even the post. It was yeah. like in the top comment or something. And people clicked over. They probably only listened to 
like two seconds of it. Right. But I look through the traffic and go, boom. Now, if that happened in the second week, you go, well, I'm getting I'm getting so many thousands of listeners. It's like, no, that's that's yeah. a that's a spike. That's yeah. a you know, that that's the daring fireball effect or something, you know, right. And uh, John Gruber links to you in the technology space. It's like you can't count on that link every week. Yeah. So don't judge your success based on that one spike. You have to judge it based on what happens after that spike. If you yeah. get a 20,000 people listening to your podcast one episode and the next episode you get 300. You have to realize that, you know, well, the the 19,700 people aren't sticking around. Yeah. But you could still be in the same point that you are now. Like that that's the thing. There's no sure bet of anything. No. Like you're it right. could you could have you could have done that. You could have I'm gonna continue doing the gently mad the way it is with web industry people, do seventy more episodes, and you could still be in the same point that you are today. Mm-hmm. There's, 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 nothing's nothing's a guarantee on that. It's true. But but if it's something that resonates and you want to do, you don't stop. Yeah. You know, until it, it, there are plenty of things, musicians, podcasts comedians even that uh, go unnoticed for absurd amount of time that are really good. And all it takes is the right person to notice them. Yeah. And uh, you know, they're 18 years into their career and boom, something happens. And uh, what, if they would have quit after year 12, they'd be a car salesman. Right. I know. Not saying the car salesman isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to car like salesmen. doing that, I guess. Yeah. Right. Well, so this has been uh, personal therapy with Jordan Cooper, and also leveling up your levels with Jordan Cooper to the next level. When are you going to start that show, leveling up your levels to the next level? Uh, this is the pilot episode. <laughs> it's a cross promotion. Oh uh, man! Well, thanks for coming on the show, dude. I think we, uh, I, I think we've exhausted uh, everyone listening at this point. I'm going to end this Mark Maron style. Did we do it? Are we good? Uh, we were always good. <laughs> Let's see if this episode even comes out. That will be the test. Absolutely. See, I don't even have enough faith into you that uh, this would <laughs> even come out. You may quit by the time this episode airs. Come on, man. H- have more faith than that. All right. I've learned to not have any faith in you. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm definitely cutting all of this then. <laughs> there's only, Adam, uh, you have to be able to get to the next level because there's no further way down. It's true. I'm at the I'm at the I'm at the bottom right now. I'm at the bottom right. of the AV Clark Empire. It it can't right. get you're, any smaller. So you're zero DB. Right. You're at zero DB. You can only level up from there. <laughs> no clipping for you. All right. Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, uh, Jordan, for coming on the show and being one of my first guests, even before I had any idea what the show was going to be. I hope I have proved you wrong in that I have not quit yet, and this is episode 50, although I don't know how much longer that's going to last, okay? So you may still be right. Uh, if you want to help support this show, you can go to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. I would greatly appreciate that or tell your friends about the show. It's another great way to help me out. If you want to kick in a few bucks, you can go to avclark.com support and help support the show financially. I really appreciate all of you who do that currently. It means a lot to me. Um, some exciting stuff coming out. I've got a new show, Irresistible Podcasting. If you're into podcasting, go to avclark.com slash ask. Leave me a question and you can be featured 
on the new show and win some pretty cool gear. So do that and be sure and check back uh, this Friday and next week. Got some really great episodes coming up I'm excited about. So again, thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Hope you have a great Wednesday and I will see you next time. I'm sort of just an old guy with a big tongue. That's I'm just a big old tongue old man. That's all that is. Um, that's sort of how many words am I at?